Hello everybody, welcome back to Farscape Rewatch Season 3, Episode 12. I am Carmel Hats, and with me is Red Nightmare. I'm a ghost! Oh, it's a spooky ghost! Ooh. I mean, when this episode goes out, it will be October. And then it's the time at which you are legally obliged to have a spooky Twitter name. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, God, I need to start I, I don't know that. if I can do better than last year, which was Can't Wear Wolves, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I can't. I can't top that. No. Suggestions on a postcard. To, no. Anyway, what we talk, we're here to talk about Farscape, not not spooky ghosts. Although no. this it does have an episode, does have a spooky ghost in it, sort yep. of. So yeah, we're back on Talon this week. Of course, last week was Incubator with Scorpius and Moya, and that was not a great episode, really, was it? Not not what I was hoping for. A. No. Scorpius background episode. Yeah, and so we'll see what this episode is like. Thus far, the Talon episodes have been consistently better. Yeah, I don't know. I mm, I might have to do some research for next week to see, like, have the breakdown in... The, it feels like there's two different teams almost working that, on mm, it. Mm, but I don't, I don't know. I'll have to look that up. And I can just say up front that this episode, there's a lot of fun stuff that does happen in this episode, yep. uh, which we will get to talking about. And just to remind everybody, we uh, the last Talon episode was Relativity with Aaron and Zalax and Krace and, you know, Zalax on the Peacekeeper Retrieval Squad, all that mm -hmm. stuff. That's actually where we open. It is. <laughs> this is an interesting opening because we open like with... It. The end of Relativity, well, towards the end of Relativity, where Krace was going to shoot Zalak's son because he said, I will execute her, you don't do it. Yeah, and we, that happens off screen. So right. So now we see what really happened. Right, so he's getting ready to shoot her, but then he starts bargaining and says, listen, I will exchange Talon, the escaped prisoners, even Crichton and Aaron, to get back, to become a peacekeeper again. I want to be I a peacekeeper. I knew it, traitor, I knew it, I knew it. And then he turns... To the camera and says, "Is that what you think happened, Crichton?" And then we're back on board, Talon. It's like you bastards so with the fake out. <laughs> I especially like him just turning to the camera, almost smiling, like, "Is that really what you think? Yeah, happened." <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what? Sorry, are you talking to Crichton?" Oh, thank God, that got creepy for a second. I was like, "Oh, yes, that's exactly what I thought happened." I was like, "Hello, fourth wall. How are you doing?" Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, they're back on Talon, and he's saying to Crichton, like, no, I know I will never be a peacekeeper again. Do you really think I was delusional enough to think I could get back in or something? Yeah. And John's like, look, never say never, Bond. Yeah, so never say never, 007. <laughs> God, just to be someone hanging out with Crichton in that place, like, any of the other crew, like, what are you talking about most of the time? I don't... John, everyone knows your, reference is... your references are out of control. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't... But nobody knows what they mean. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, it was like hanging out with me half the time. <laughs> like, ah, this thing, what? You know, from the show, what? Never mind. It's very obscure, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God, he's, his hips are like, oh, you've probably never heard of uh, James Bond. <laughs> oh, my God, John is a quantessential hipster out there. He is. <laughs> oh, the waves haven't reached this part of the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, then Aaron comes into command and says, look, uh, the thing is, we know that we're not out of the woods yet because it's very likely they'll send another retrieval squad after us. 
Mm-hmm. We dealt with the previous one, but why do you think that's going to be the end of it? And Crichton says to Crisis, like, well, you're the one that they want. You should do the noble thing and, you know, jump ship. Crisis, like, look, they're also looking for Talon, <laughs> so that doesn't really work. And then he suddenly he clutches his head and he's like, ah, ah, ah the pain. Migraine. Oh, God, migraine. <laughs> Ice cream headache. Yeah. No. <laughs> And uh, it says, Talon, something's wrong with Talon. Talon's out of control. He's being drawn somewhere. And he says, he wants to work on his tan. Because <laughs> he f- basically, and this is interesting. Or like, this is funny because Chris literally just says, Talon, we're flying directly into a sun. And then titles. Yeah. It's not like, oh, we're out of control. I don't know. It's like, we are flying into the sun and we are going to die. Titles. <laughs> it's like, okay. I mean, it's... It's, it's a clear straight, threat. It's straightforward. Sometimes you're just flying straight into a sun. That's yeah. all that's happening. <laughs> so when we come back from titles, Chris is still clutching his head a bit. It's like the sun or the star that they're heading towards is emitting radiation that's compelling Talon to fly into the into it. It's basically flirting with Talon. Or it's hypnotizing him or something. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. that's that's not probably flirting with him. I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, it, it would be in line with everything. Else. Oh God, this. This episode has a theme. It does? Oh. Yeah. All right, we'll get to that. Holy crap. <laughs> so uh, it's compelling Talon to fly into it. Grace can't get control. It's trying to tell Talon, you know, you're being coerced. Move, turn back. But Talon just barely manages to correct his course. We actually see CG shot of Talon you know, heading directly into a sun and like just pulling out and going into orbit. I think they're farther away from the sun than you think because it's, suns are really, really big. Oh, yeah, because they're huge. <laughs> and so Talon's been shaking. There's been bits flying off inside. And so it's time to assess the damage. Yeah, and, and Talon is in orbit. Like, he's not he's going not gone further away. away, but he's not going closer either. No. So not of the woods yet. Nope. And so Kray stays up in command. And Crichton and Aaron go to check on there's a damaged conduit. Mm-hmm. There's basically there's a, in one of Talon's corridors. There's just a big pillar in the middle made of like wiring and tubing and yeah. bits and pieces, and so that's broken and they've got to try and fix it. And so they start trying to fix it, and things get steamy. Mm, Talon, you, oh God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have no idea how long I've been sitting uh, on that one. <laughs> like a day. All right, well, because we actually get a close-up of part of the wall where, like, it pulls back from Aaron and Crichton, and we mm-hmm. see zoom into, uh, like, a little wall of talent, and we see mist or something, like, rolling out of it. And, like, with the camera focuses on it. So yeah. I, I like that it's, like, well, it focuses on it, so the audience is like, oh, this must be important then. Because it is. Well, yeah, because it is, but... Because it's also coming closer down the floor... It's a DRD. It's like, uh, I gotta go. <laughs> just like, and Crichton and Aaron are working on the thing, and Crichton just gets his fingers zapped. He's like, ah, oh, that hurt. And then Aaron goes over and like basically sucks on his finger to make it better. Yeah, which, I mean, if you have burnt fingers, I guess that I, works. But but it's it's slightly suggestive. Yeah, you know, I mean, know these two are well, you know, uh, they're a couple. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then well, they start working, and they start talking about how they're both smiling, and then John puts his hand on her upper leg. Oh God! And yeah, and then she's like, "Oh, you're easily distracted." It's like, "No, no, I'm not easily distracted." And then, goddamn, she, goddamn, she's just like, "Oh, really?" And then like stands up, drops like a 
wrench or something. Yeah. And then bends over in front of Crichton. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have, like, <laughs> my notes here, basically, things are getting sexy. <laughs> <laughs> That is a perfect way to describe that music cue. <laughs> because suddenly it's like... Of like saxophone music. And you're like, oh my god, this is not... This is the furthest thing from subtle. Maybe Barry White in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, it's all just saxophone. I think like synthesized saxophone music. Oh and yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I see. Oh my. Oh my. I, I mean, they, they kept more and more handsy as the scene progresses mm -hmm, mm -hmm. until at some point they're basically just making out against the wall and <laughs> yeah they're just like eff it and just picks up like against the wall making yeah, out yeah so making out and john as they're doing this like aaron asks why are we doing this and john's like more importantly why now mm. and then he sees the mist and he's like oh uh -oh. <laughs> something's going on so also uh i really intercut with this scene is stark who's wandering around Talon. Yeah. And he sees some mist as well. And then he hears a voice calling out. Uh-oh. And we're like, uh? And he thinks, for some reason, he thinks it's Talon. He's like, Talon? Is that you? And then he he starts following it. So, I don't know what that is. So with that, mist is clearly messing with people's heads. Yep. So we go back up to Command, where Crichton is trying to figure out what's going on. And asks Christ, it's like, what's all this mist that's coming out? And Cray says it's Drexim. And it's a, a substance that apparently Talon exudes when he's under stress. Yeah. John basically re he figures out, it's like, oh, it's like adrenaline. And Cray yeah. is like, mm -hmm. like, adrenaline, it's a thing humans have that make us, you know, get ready to get ready to fight. And he's sort of like shadow boxing, it's like, yeah. fight or, you know, do other things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, it's, like, it's not affecting you, is it? What's it doing? John doesn't give a straight answer to that. <laughs> it's like, can, can it affect us? And Chris is like, well, it's possible, but it should be manageable. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's causing Domino Rigel to uh, continuously be hungry. And it's like, he's Rigel, he's always hungry. <laughs> Pretty much. And then Aaron comes in and says, look, it's too late for any sort of mask or anything to prevent any of the effects. We're already affected by it. Yeah, basically the gas has uh, destroyed all the breathing filters and so Chris leaves goes off to try and fix it no 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 before he leaves john oh, says yeah. at some point look is there anything we can do before we all go crackers around oh here? yes yeah i did have that in my notes yeah and it's like ah go back go yeah, back crackers don't matter <laughs> and so that well i can try and repair right that's why that's when aaron says it, it got into the spacesuits Yep. already so it wouldn't they can't put those on to be isolated from it and so chris leaves to go and try and fix something and then of course aaron and Crichton are now there together yeah staring at each other mm -hmm. getting closer oh yeah together mm -hmm. saxophone music starts mm -hmm. playing <laughs> oh my oh my <laughs> oh my <laughs> all right and then we go back to stark who's still following this mysterious voice going through corridors of Talon, and it's like, where are we? It's like, what is, what's this place? I've never been here before. Yeah, and it's types of corridors that look oddly familiar, and a door that actually opens in a manner that we know. Mm. Because these areas are 
quite reminiscent of Moya. Yeah, they're much more Leviathan in design. You've got that kind of the sort of vertebrae-shaped corridor that's like yeah. access corridors we've seen on Moya, and mm-hmm. it leads to a door that hinges open, and inside it's basically it's what looks to be some sort of pilot's den yeah like a slightly modified yeah it's like maybe a little smaller and covered in like it's red in color and the center console basically it looks like it's all covered in like plastic sheeting or like cling film almost yeah and almost something that looks like traces of blood yeah, it's, it get, kind of gives the impression of it being fairly new, mm-hmm. or like young, yeah. and uh, so this is weird. We know Talon doesn't have a pilot, doesn't need one, nope. so what the hell is this for? But mm-hmm. before we can get any sort of answer, basically there's a lot of mist rolling around, and Stark turns around looking for the source of the voice, and it's a... ghost ghost Yeah, it's basically a woman... Mist shaped, yes. Like in the mist, you see a face and some arms, and it's like, oh, oh, what are you doing here? She's like, you can see me, yeah, you can hear me. And then she sort of coalesces together, and it's an alien woman with like long white, but with sort of pastely colored hair, light blue skin, and like a ridge down the center of her forehead, and like a high widow's peak. So, okay. For clarity's sake, she is called Shiesna. Well, yes, yeah, Siejna. Siejna. Yeah, and she's she's looking for the pilot. She's like, where where is the pilot in the, of this ship? Is this not a Leviathan? But so strangely designed. And Stark's like, well, for one, there is no pilot because he doesn't need one. She's like, no, there's if there's a Leviathan, there's always a pilot. And he's like, well, no, this I'm- is a hybrid. And I'm also like, no, Le- wild leviathans don't have pilots, I think. They don't get born with them. <laughs> I, I don't know. We don't know. The, we don't know how that relationship works uh, without I mean, people to put them know, in we there. We know that pilots, uh, race that pilots come from live on a planet, so... Yeah, I don't know. We don't... Th- it's one of the things that Farscape doesn't do a whole lot is a sort of detailed world building. Nope, and I'm completely fine with that, actually. Yeah, there's some. It does leave you with questions like this: of like, well, wait, hang on a minute, where do they? Hmm. But for the story, really, it's not important. No. It's just you know we like to pick things apart and try and figure out how it all works. And when we see here, my first thought is, wait, is she one of the builders? Because hmm. we have seen mist-based hmm. aliens before that right, yeah, were the... related to the Leviathans. Yeah, but she says she's trapped. After an accident on her leviathan around this star, everyone but her was killed. And she stays around incorporeal and tries to get help, but nobody can see her until now. Yeah, and I like Stark being distrustful at first, being Mm. like, how do you get in here? Yeah. Who are you? Like, yes, Stark, yes, you are not stupid. Good. (laughs) Ask questions. Yes, but she says, like, only you can help me. You, I've never, no one's ever been able to see me before. Okay, so, all right. Stark's like, well, okay, you don't seem, thinking like, you don't seem aggressive. Fine, I'll help. <laughs> so we're back up in command with uh, Aaron and Crichton and Grace as well. And the only way for Talon to filter out any of the radiation pulses that are still compelling him to fly into the sun, uh, basically, they would have to turn off all his sensors. Yes, and I'm like, then do that. But it would be blinding him. Yes, but you can look out the window and just be like, is it? Is he currently pointing at yeah. a star? No, no good. Go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure there's no star in your windscreen. You should be fine. Yeah. 
So they're like, well, we should try that. But Aaron is checking things on the console and finds that there's some faulty systems. So that's maybe not going to be as easy as they thought. And an intruder comes in. Just walks in. He comes in. He's an intruder. He comes in intruder door. Uh, <laughs> I will turn this podcast around, god damn it. You can't. You're being compelled to stay here by the radiation through the webcam. <laughs> <laughs> so this basically the guy he materializes by sort of he walks he l- does kind of literally walk through the door yes. like it's closed <laughs> but he walks through it and he material there's some sort of uh, he materializes out of energy and basically he's a demon man i was more thinking volcano man but yeah yeah, that, yeah that but yeah works. also yeah so he's wearing like a orange robe that's mm-hmm. just very simple and just goes you know, neck down and his face though is like yeah his skin is like black and cracked with red underneath yeah like sort of lava or yep. that sort of thing and he's got big pointy ears he's got bright red eyes large spiky eyebrows and a big sort of spikes on the back of his head yeah, like rocky protrusions yeah he looks like he's made of volcanic rock really yeah exactly and in fact he's sort of it's hard to tell if it's more mist from talent or if it's just him like steaming like mist coming off of him i think it's he's also just really hot yeah he's generating a ton of heat so he turns up like all right so we've got an incorporeal woman and then this guy just materializing mm-hmm. out of nowhere <laughs> and i like how he all three of the bridge point their guns at him Yep, and I like how he's like, "Don't be alarmed. I come here. I come here to help." And John's like, "That's what they always say." <laughs> well, he introduces himself. And he says his name is McQuillis, and if this ship is a Leviathan, then they must leave immediately. You're yes. in grave danger. Eighty-three That's Leviathans have already died here. That's oddly specific. Uh, I, I live here in the sun. I, I live here. <laughs> it's a hypnotic. Sun, and yeah, like a siren star. A what siren he, star. Siren right, star is that, what he calls right, it. Right, that was a beautiful name for that. Yeah, so basically, the radiation it emits compels leviathans to crash into it. Yep. And it's surprising that Talon has even survived. And then they say, "Well, Talon is a hybrid, and that must be why he was able to resist." Yep. And he's far better shielding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He starts asking questions like, "Oh, how so?" Yes hybrid and hybrid of what and who built him and and crazy's like look you i don't like all these questions yeah crazy is very jumpy he's like well i don't like all these questions stop asking and pointing a gun he's at him being like, affected by the gas at all no no he's like, i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine <laughs> and aaron and Crichton get sort of close together again as well yeah even during this it's just like hands mm-hmm. over each other on, on on each other it's like god damn it <laughs> And uh, then McQuillis says, uh, he's, I've, I've tried to warn the Leviathans when they come near, but they always perish, they always die. Yeah, just take your escape pods and leave. Your ship is doomed anyway. And Cray says, I, I don't believe you. I don't believe you enough of this, and you, I order you to leave my ship. I order you to leave my ship. I'm only trying to help. And it's like, no, get off my ship. And he doesn't want to leave. So Talon's guns pop down from the ceiling as well. Mm-hmm. And so Crace and Talon both shoot at him. Yeah, and he just disappears back through the uh, through the door. Yeah. Well, it's it's not entirely clear. It looks like he sort of either explodes or runs away. It's a little hard to tell. I'm pretty sure he runs away. Oh yeah, yeah. From their point of view, because in a later scene, Crichton figures that he's been shot and killed. But so we go to now to back to Siergna and Stark. 
And Searson is telling them that telling Stark that they have to get away from the sun. You have to run away from there really quickly. McQuillis found her and kept her from dying. Now he keeps her here. And he, she says that he murdered her ship and all its passengers. And he's the one luring Leviathans to their doom. I don't know if she goes that far. She does know that he's her, her captor and her savior. Well, she does. Or she says, like, he's luring them here because he's under contract from builders of other right. ships. You're right. Because um, they want to get rid of Leviathans. Because less Leviathans means more ships that they can sell to other people. I found that very convenient. That she was talking about that's like that's okay i'm not entirely sure who i i should trust yeah this, definitely like, at this point in the episode you're not quite sure who to trust to be fair one looks like an angel the other like a demon but yeah, it looks deceiving true. in I, sci-fi exactly yeah and we've had fastscape has played that up before of like people not being exactly what you think just from how they look we've, yeah. we've, that's been played up before so at this point in the episode you're like i'm not i'm still not sure the creepy okay. guy might be creepy he might be a bad guy but it might be just a twist and who knows so you know we don't we don't know right away but what she's saying to stark he's in on it and he's luring them to their death don't trust him and siergena tells stark that she wants her life back she wants to be able to drink water again walk through grass stuff like that yeah but uh, he looks at her and sort of touches her and says i can't help you've already passed beyond life you're all yeah. you died already you you're bruce willis <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a ghost he was, was a ghost the whole time and it's like no you're not you're already dead it's he figures that mcquillis just kept her from passing on so that's why she's still around at all Mm-hmm. So it's, it must be his doing. But she doesn't believe that she's dead. She can't accept it. No, and Stark is like, come with me. I can show you that, you know, that yeah, you it's are like, actually she, dead. Because she's in denial. She's like, look, you can touch me, you can hear me, you can see me. I, I must still be alive. So we cut back now to Aaron and Crichton, who are they're back working on the conduit again, trying to co- uh, continue repairing it. Yeah, it's that naughty, naughty mist. Oh, God. Because they they still they are still having a lot of trouble. Got to focus on the repairs, or they'll get distracted. And yeah, it's like this. It notes the mist talking. It's the mist talking. The bad mist. Yeah. And they're like bad mist, naughty mist, naughty mist. And they look up at each other, and saxophone music. And <laughs> God damn. So then we see. Rigel. We haven't seen Rigel this whole episode until now. This is this is actually kind of sad. Yeah, we're in Rigel's quarters, well, Rigel and Stark's quarters, and he's just he's got plates of food and he's just ramming them in his mouth. He's, yeah, he's just, just filling stuffing himself and he's like, oh, 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 oh. yeah, oh, that's better. That's better. And he's just he can't. He's just continually filling his face and. Then Stark brings Siergener in to see him. And he's like, look, look, this way, over here, here. And we see from Rigel's point of view, there's nobody there. No, it's just Stark. He's got his arm around nothing and is talking to nothing. And it's basically what happens is that, like, Rigel's like, look, who the hell are you talking to? And Stark, ignoring Rigel, starts explaining, see, I'm the only one who can see you. I'm the only one that can help you. You aren't alive anymore, I'm sorry. She's yeah. very distraught, a little bit distraught by that. And Stark puts his arm around her, which to Rigel is just him putting an arm in the in, in midair. Yeah, yeah. Just walks her out again, and Rigel's like, "Well, it's finally happened. He's finally lost his mind. He's finally snapped." 
<laughs> but right of this, like he's he's sort of bloated and he's in pain. I was like, yeah, oh, like, must oh. creep. He has no self control over that mess. No, not at all. So Stark walks off with Siege and saying that only I can help you, I can free you. And so Aaron is now finishing up the repairs. Basically, the Aaron and Crichton are like, okay, t tell me when you're done. Let me know when you're done. Like, yes. I'm, 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 I'm almost there. I'm almost, yeah, <laughs> almost there. So yes. Much. Yes. Yep. Yes. Nearly finished. Nearly finished the repairs. Yes. Yeah. Done. And then, bam, just immediately making. I just even love the build up to the moment where they I, just jump I each love other. Because it. it's like, yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, like, oh, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Nearly, nearly done. It's, it's, so, it's so unsubtle. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's blunt <laughs> as hell. Oh, God. It's just really funny. I was like, let me know when you're done. I'm, I'm, not, I'm almost there. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> so they finish the repairs and they start making out and get propped up against the wall and they're just about, you know, they're starting or they're, they're just getting into it and then Talon starts shaking. They're like, oh, God. Uh, okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> and so apparently the pulses have changed frequency or intensity. And so Talon is being drawn into the star again. And, and in the meantime, in one of the corridors, uh, Stark and Shiesh, Shiesh, and the ghost lady. Um, <laughs> look, I'm look, not look, look try. it's Siejna. 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 There you go. It's not, it's not that hard. Why do I have... I never have trouble with names. Anyway, <laughs> they're walking through the corridor and talking to each other, and then Inferno Guy shows up. Hmm. Because again, I can't remember it's the name. It's McQuillis. I, I mean, I'm looking. Quillis. I'm looking at a you know, I've got the names in front of me, so maybe that, that's a, that's a little unfair. I have <laughs> name phonetically written down, but even that doesn't help. <laughs> anyway, McQuillis shows up and is basically like, "Come back with me." Stark is like, for some reason, I find this incredibly hilarious. Like, no, I can help her. I have the energy. <laughs> I have the power. <laughs> I it's he he does kind of say it in the sort of way of like I possess the the key or like yes. I have the energy I hold the power of Grey Skull uh, <laughs> something like that it is a little bit <laughs> like that just a tiny bit silly mm, just a tiny bit uh, but Siegen says to Stark like McCullis is luring the ship back in he's trying to t kill you all you need to do something and Stark's like I have a plan come oh. with me I have a plan I'm like oh no Hats I have a question for you yes what is worse a Stark plan or a John plan ooh I mean it's close but I Stark's plans yeah true. really yeah. <laughs> that's fair that's fair I mean John's... I remember a bank heist John's plans usually work but they're crazy yeah they're so like out there but they get results. Stark's plans, Stark's plans are crazy, but rarely work. Yeah, exactly. You can't always deliver. So, yeah, that's not exactly encouraging. Meanwhile, back at command, Krace is trying to change course of talent, yeah. but he can't. And Eren is trying to basically do the shield calibrations they set up to block the signal, but it's apparently it's changing and it's intensifying. Yeah, they can't keep up with it. And so Stark is rushing to the uh, pilot's den. And John actually figures out, like, look, the Pied Piper is out of tune. It, naturally occurring, my ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, if it's changing like this, no. No, 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 no. This is not a natural phenomenon. This is somebody's doing this 
Yeah, doing McCullus this on must, purpose. McCullus must have some sort of system out there working or something. And John starts scanning. He's like, oh, oh, I found something. But he doesn't get to do that because of the other scene that happens. Yeah, which is Stark rushing into the pilot's den. And he's like, right, I'm going to try something. And he goes over to the pilot's yeah, den and, and steps I into think, it. I, I think he's trying to find some controls there. Yeah, I, okay, makes sense. What actually happens is that a bunch of, like tendrils, wires and things like shoot out into him or onto him, wrapping up Stark like going up his legs, around his waist. I'm pretty sure some arms. of them are just going straight through his skin into his nervous system. Yep. And Krace, suddenly Krace is, is like, I, man, you're a transponder I can't sense Talon. What, what is happening? All systems go down mm-hmm. and Stark is, he's yelling, he clearly wasn't meaning to do this and then he rises up from inside pilot's den being held up by the wires and rather literally out of uh, universe being held up by wires he's actually kind of floating yes. <laughs> i think the idea is that they're propping him up but he's clearly be- he's being held up there yeah sort of floating around he's like i've bonded with talon i am the pilot now i will guide you it's like talon look at me look at me I'm the captain now. <laughs> That's what it is. So it's like, I will guide you away from here. Let's go. And so he actually is able to guide Talon away from the star. Yep. So it works. And he gets away and he's like, I have saved you all. I have saved you. <laughs> I, love, I love everything about this. Because the way he's propped up, the way he's moving mm. slightly and naturally, the way he's... His face looks a bit manic. The fact that yeah. they did some makeup to make his eyes uh, red around his eyes, like mm-hmm. he's yeah. exhausted. It's perfect. It's, yeah, it's through this good. entire episode, I love this. <laughs> this is great. And so he's sort of moved everybody away. And he's like, okay, well, I've saved you all. I've bonded with Talon. I've moved him out of harm's way. And Chris is like, what do you mean bonded with Talon? It's like, you release him. And then he looks around and he notices, oh, wait, where's Siergena gone? And he's like, oh no, we, we must have gone too far. She, we need to go back. We need to go back. It's like, yeah, we have to go back into the sun to get her. Yeah, and everybody else is like, wait, what, what, ha, what are you on about? <laughs> like, who is this woman? Who is, who are you talking about? What? And they basically just turn around. And just head straight back and he's like, I'm now the pilot. Like, no, no, what do you mean you're now the pilot? How is that possible? Talon Uh, doesn't need a pilot. And they ask Chris, he's like, how is this happening? He's like, John says, like, I thought you bred out the need for a pilot. It's like, well, we thought we did, but Leviathan biology is really complex, so he must have had enough latent genes to develop a vestigial pilot's den. What, like an appendix? And Chris is like, hmm? He's like, yeah, that's kind of, that's generally the idea. It doesn't do anything, but it's still there. Yeah. And so Crichton is like, all right, well, we've got to stop him from putting us back into the sun. So I'm just going to grab this gun and I'm going to shoot these guidance systems. Yes, he just takes... Chris says, okay, I'm going to see if what I can do from here. And otherwise, I'll head to wherever that pilot's den is, probably below Dex 3. And John's like, okay, in the meantime, I'll do something else. Grabs a gun, finds the uh, Franson area and asks uh, Aaron, like, this is the guidance systems, right? Yep. Good. Bang. Yeah, and so the idea of being and Stark's like, I can't see, I can't, I, I, can't, I can't. He can't, he can't maneuver. He can't. He can still see, but he's like, he can't maneuver anymore. It's like, 
what? What? And so he was hacking away. That basically, he run down to the corridor where there was the, the again the thing they were working on before, mm-hmm. uh, to shoot that. And so Aaron is behind him and like, well, we need to bypass systems or make sure that that Stark can't just drive us right in there. But then there's a DRD sneaking up behind them. Yeah, but while the DRD is sneaking up, they're, um, you know, mm-hmm. getting it on. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're again, their... they start getting close to get and you know, touching, mm. touching each other's butts. At some point, I like that's not like... even that's not an exaggeration. They literally like we see a close up of Aaron's hand like slide down John's back onto his butt, and it's like, oh, oh okay. I feel like intruding. Do I, do I, 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 we should look away. Really, I mean, yeah, this, this is, this is, this is, this is pri- private, and <laughs> <laughs> and. While this is happening, the DRD sneaks up on them, and Aaron suddenly sees it. It fires, misses. She pulls John's pistol and shoots the DRD. Yeah. Oh, oh. he's got control of the DRDs, doesn't he? Yep. <laughs> Thanks for watching my backside. Couldn't help myself. <laughs> myself, yeah. Oh, God, okay. And so Crace has gone to the pilot's den, but he's trying to get in and get Stark out, but the door's locked, and it won't open. So he keeps waving his hand in front of the control, it won't open. And so he tries to talk to Talon and persuade him, like, I'm trying to help you. I'm going to free the... you from a bannock slave. I'm like, I wouldn't insult his pilot? <laughs> While he's bonded to him? Probably yeah. a bad idea. I'm like, ah, oh, let me in, let me in, and starts banging on the... I order you to let me in. He starts shooting at the controls, he gets like three shots off, nothing happens, then his pistol just fizzes out. Yeah, and the, you know, the door control's broken. And yeah. I like that at this point in the episode, the problem has shifted. Yep, it's From now a different problem. an external threat to an in- internal threat. Yeah, I mean, they solve the first problem quote by getting away from it, but Stark's like, wait, no, we have to go back. <laughs> they basically, they solve the problem by installing Stark, which caused the second problem. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Kreis can't get into the pilot's den. Meanwhile, Crichton and Aaron, they're still guarding the conduit, just in case any more DRDs come by- that, back. That's one of the things they're guarding. Well, I mean, that's, that's the idea, at least. Yes, but while they're guarding, like... There's no reason for them not to, you know. So like, well, he'll be stick close. He'll be he'll be busy and otherwise occupied. And I think we've got some time. And put the gun down. Because and... they start sitting back to back, and then Aaron just starts sitting, just moves to sit in John's on John's lap. Uh huh. Uh huh. John's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. shouldn't we be watching around? And Aaron's like, I can see the corridor from here just fine. <laughs> God damn. Oh wow! So like, okay, we now now maybe we have time. <laughs> to... mm. <laughs> so uh, we cut back again to uh, Stark in the pilot's den, and Sierra is back. So that hey! hey, there she is, and she's like, "I've risked everything by returning. I shouldn't be here." And he's like, "No, I can I can finally help you to cross over." Yeah, I I give my own life for you if I have to. I'm like, Stark. You're giving a few more lives yeah, at this speed. There's some other people there. And um, he sort of puts his hand on her face and says, I will help you cross over. And like, she, She's ready now. Yeah, and he lifts up the um, mask and it's like some light comes out. Nothing happens. Like Stark shouldn't feel bad about this. It happens more like, often than like you it's think. It's performance it's... anxiety. It's okay. Yeah, it's you very know, it's natural. Fine. They, can just, they can just cuddle. It's okay. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> Um, sorry, too real. 
too specific, I'd too say. Too specific, yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, but, so he's like, well, wait, why isn't this working? You should... Ah, what? So she's not crossing over. What What the hell is that all about? How? How? Yeah. And then we cut to Rigel, still eating, still stuffing his face. Now he look, Now he actually looks fat. Yeah, he's really bloated and uncomfortable and... Trace comes in. His neck are swelling up. The, yeah, yeah, it's like fat piling up on his neck, going over his clothing. Yeah, and Crace comes in. And he's like, Dominar, I need your help. And Rigel is like, No, please, Crace, shoot me! I can't stop. Oh, oh help! I can't stop eating. Please. Oh, <laughs> yes, tie my hands. Tie my hands, please. It's okay, it's only a wafer thin mint, Mr. Rigel. <laughs> what? <Nice cut>. <laughs> <laughs> but Cray says, like, I, need, I need your help. You are, Stark is a mutineer, and he has taken Talon away from me. Like, he's locked all the doors, and but you, being so small, can slip through a ventilation duct. <laughs> he's like, look at me! I'm not slipping through anything! <laughs> <laughs> Too fat. And Chris is like, you will obey my command. Sticks the pistol in Rizal's stomach. And Rizal's like, if you put it there, I'm going to vomit on you. It's like, like I am your oh. captain. You will obey my orders. Rizal's like, okay. Okay. And he looks around conspir- uh, conspiratorially. And it's like, Chris, come come closer. And Chris sort of leans in. And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching it being like, don't do it, Chris. This never ends well. Oh, no, no. And, it's and like, Rizal just bites his ear and it's like, Right, you were still hungry. Yeah, and he bites his ear and then just goes, ah, ha, 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 and zooms off. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris basically gets a few shots off and he hits some crackers, I think, but those don't really matter. Hey. <laughs> I should never have let you redo that line. Nope. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Okay, moving on. Next scene. Back with Stark in Pilot's Den. McCullis appears once more. Yep, and he tells Stark like, "I he's the one keeping Sierra from crossing over." Yeah, like, why do you think she didn't cross over in the first place? It's like I kept her here. It me. Kept her here. It was me all along. <laughs> and uh, Sierra says, "Like, if I go back, then if I go back to you, McQuillis will let Talon go. I, you can let him go." And he's like, "Well, it's out of my hands now. I can't do anything. Not my fault. Rat. Fine. Yeah, like he's full of it, but." She's like, no, I, I have to go with him. I'll go with him, and he will, he will release you. And Stark's trying to convince her not to go, but she's like, no, I must go with him. And so she goes, and Stark gets over the comms. To everyone and says, Talon's too close. I can't fight it. I've, I've failed you. We're all going yeah. to die. I'm sorry. I've failed everyone. There's nothing more we can do. I hope you all can make peace with death. And I'm like, God, Stark's fatalist. <laughs> fatalistic oh yeah holy crap it's like really bad to be fair to stark he's been through a lot a yeah, lot of things that is fair stark's fatalism is not out of character and it's no, that is given true. given everything that he's been through it's it's a understandable response to everything mm-hmm. but it means in this case that he's dooming a lot of other people because he's in control of pi- uh, in control of talent right now yeah it's not like come on you've seen these people pull weirder shit dude yeah and Aaron and Crichton are like despondent as well. They're like, oh, giving. Up. Well, I guess I'm never so. letting go of you. Well, I guess that's it. And then they're like, wait a minute, we're giving <laughs> up. I'm giving. Up. I never give up. Yeah, <laughs> no, Aaron. I don't want to give up. That's not right. 
And so they they separate. Like, you know, I love you. It's like, yeah, I love you too. Okay, that's good. That's good. We need to go fix this. One, one, one final deep kiss, and it's like, okay, let's go. And so uh, we we still have to try and sort this out. Don't give up. Aaron goes to the den, and Crace is still hammering on the door with his gun. I love this scene. And she's he's trying to order. It's like, I order you. I need your weapon. Give me your weapon. I order you to give me and your Aaron's weapons and like, to blast the way in. Aaron's like, I don't think that's wise right now to give you my weapon and he <laughs> he just i am your captain like, and then points his gun at her to yeah, be like give me your weapon i am your captain and she and just i like that aaron just gives his look like what? really and she kind of just laughs and then runs off yeah, she's just like because okay she, she knows darn well that if he's acting if he really needs her gun his gun's not working anymore Oh, no, like, the, I didn't, I never got that his gun wasn't working. I always thought that, like, he shot it earlier and it didn't work. It, or, like, they didn't do what he wanted, didn't open the door. And now he's banging on the door with a gun in hand, asking her to give him her gun. Yeah. He's like, and she's looking at, like, him holding a gun in his hand. He's like, I need to blast. So, like, a pulse pistol. It's like, yes, exactly. And she's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, and then he points his gun at her, like, "Give me your pulse pistol. I need your." And she's like, "Oh God, yes, that read on it. I hadn't that's even a... realized that." No, that I'm. Like, I need I... a pulse pistol. I need a pulse pistol. Give me your pulse pistol, otherwise I'll shoot you with this pulse pistol. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's what. <laughs> God damn it! I hadn't even read it like that. That that makes a I'm... lot of sense. Wow, I'm 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 kind of convinced that's the reading they were going for. Because I, 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 I never, I don't think the earlier scene was intended to be like his gun's broken. It's just it didn't work. Shooting the console didn't work. I think in about two and a half seasons of this series, we have established that I do not understand subtlety sometimes. That's all right. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yep. Just, just let's be honest about that. I sometimes miss these things. You need to be apparently very blunt with me. <laughs> Oh well, okay. I'm glad we sorted that out. Yeah, no, I'm like she's because he's been affected as well, and he's going a bit crackers, as they yeah. say. Anyway, right. So she laughs at that, runs off, crimes back up at command, and he's talking to Stark, trying to get Stark to give up control or yeah. like to shoot the cannon because the the thing they were scanning where they found the lure where McQuillis was using that basically he had to have like a power source that he was using. Yeah, and what John is saying is like, I almost had a read on its power source. Just give me back control, we can find it. And Stark's just like, look, I, I'm so sorry that all this happened and... I failed you. Yes, I failed you. And John's like, look, can you just help me with this? It's like, I always fail. I failed Zan, I failed... And Stark is like, do you remember the first time we met? And John's <laughs> like... Really? You want to take a walk down memory lane? <laughs> now? Yeah. And Stark says, I tried to help you and I failed. And I tried and to help. And John's like, fine, you know what? Let's skip the Aurora chair. Let's think about the good times. Remember Zan? Mm, it's like, I tried to help her and I failed. Yeah, no. Stark, Aaron is my Zan. I yeah. give anything for her. I love her completely in every way. And you are killing her right now. You are killing my Zan, Stark. Yeah. You, you realize what you're doing, and then Stark is visibly, you know, affected by this and emotional, and he relents and gives some control back to John. And he, yeah, because it gets through to him. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. God, I what I'm what I'm doing right now is wrong. I need to do something. And so John gets some control back, does finishes up the scan, 
finds the lure, and then Aaron comes into command and says, we've only got one chance for this. Okay. No, 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 no. She comes in, jumps into John's arms, and he puts her on a console, and they, they're close again, and Aaron's like, I can operate the cannon. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I mean Talon's cannon. <laughs> and I like John's response. Look, I'm stoked, not stupid. <laughs> and so they've only got one chance to get this right. They've got to just take the shot, and then they can break free. <laughs> also, Stark's like, is this really what Sam would want? All this excessive use of violence? And Aaron's like, um, yes, Stark. She's speaking through me right now. And she says it's okay. And, and Stark's like, oh. and Aaron just gives, shoots John a look of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just give it a try, I guess. Make it, it up as I go. I hope, I hope this works. And Stark's like, oh, okay. And <laughs> he fires the cannon. McQuillis shows up. Oh, right, yeah, right. So he gets ready to fire the cannon. Well, a couple of things happen, actually, because Siergena appears to stop Stark from firing. Yeah, because Siergena's like, look, you shouldn't put yourself in danger like this. And Stark's like, oh, no, we're not doing this just for you right now. We are in danger ourselves. This is the only way we can save ourselves. And then McQuillis appears up at command and says, look, we can strike a deal with you to release you. And And I'm like, kids... When a virtual god starts pleading with you, you're on the right track. <laughs> yeah, if they start bargaining, you know you're doing something right. Yep. And John figures this out. It's like, hey, wait a minute. You want to trade your freedom for ours? No deal, man. It's like, no, no, I, we're just going to shoot. I also like that he's like, look, I negotiate a situation that gets you out alive. And John's like, God, do you all, you bad guys all use the same quote book? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like John being genre savvy of like, yep, this is a bad guy handbook 101, that is. Yep. Why is everybody using the same lines? They need, What they need to read is the, what is it? Oh, the uh, Hunger Things Not to Do If You're an Evil Overlord list? Yes, the Evil Overlord list. Yes, really, that, that... just give him a copy. You know who has read the Evil Overlord list? Scorpius? Scorpius, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's about the only one in this entire galaxy who has. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so John's like, no, man, we're just, nope, no dice, no deal. And also Aaron's like, okay, you'd give us our freedom. What about all the Leviathans that come after us? Mm. And McQuillis is like, why would that matter? And, and John and Aaron look at each other, it's like, ah, wrong answer. Yeah, Aaron actually says that, like, that was the wrong answer. And so they fire, and they fire on the, the lure, the thing in the star, and we see the cannon shoot, and it hits and part of it just starts turning blue and expanding out like it's been destroyed. Yep. And so McQuillis turns, turns into it, a popsicle. Yeah, basically he sort of, he kind of freezes almost. He yeah, does. He's yeah. like, he freezes, cracks up, and disintegrates. And, then, and he, yeah, turns to dust. Damn. How? Why? You know I, what? I don't care. It looks I, cool. I, I assume that like his power was connected to the thing, so they blew that up and killed him as well. But why he turns to dust, I don't know. But whatever. He's, I don't he's get been... why he turns into ice, of all things. I think they're going for... It's, Thema- it's thematic. It's a thematic thing, yeah. Of like, they kill the lava, plasma, sun, fire guy by turning him to ice, right? You know? Mm-hmm. It's that sort of thing. So he's turned to dust, and Stark now says to Siegen, it's like, now I can help you cross over f- for good this time. Yeah. And so he takes the mask off fully, and holds mm-hmm. his hand out, and it sort of the light beams over her, and uh, she disappears, and finally crosses over. So there you go. That he got what he wanted after all. And, and then nobody died. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, McWillis, but... Nah, nobody, nobody important. <laughs> nobody that we like. And so nope. <laughs> they turn around and fly out of there. So then we cut away, and when we cut back, Krace is cutting Stark free from Talon, from the wires. Yep. And he's very angry about it, and he says, you know, Talon is now off-limits to you. You are no longer allowed any sort of control of Talon. And Stark is like, I know... So he knows how Talon feels cause yes. when he was joined with him. And Chris, like, you know nothing. I mean, in his deluded state, Talon could have said anything. Yeah, and but he says, no, I know what he thinks about everything and what he thinks about you. And Chris puts his knife up to Stark's throat or, like, holds it in front of him. And Stark says, even if you slit my throat, I'll still know. I love that line oh, so much. Yeah. It's like, I know how Talon feels about you. Or we don't know what that means or anything. That's no, just... but but yeah, that line of even if you kill me, I'll still know. They've mm. got a secret. <laughs> so then we go to Crichton and Aaron on command. Rigel's moving out at that point. It's like I'm never want to see food ever again. I'm going to my bunk to sleep and vomit. <laughs> And so uh, Aaron says to Crane that Talon's doing a lot better. Everything He's a remarkable is... vessel, yep. Aaron mentions. And John's like, speaking of remarkable vessels, <laughs> everyone else is busy right now. You know, Crace is still cutting Stark free. That'll take a couple of arms. Rigel's gone off to his room to be sick. Yeah, and the Leviathan adrenaline is gone. We've got the uh, we've got this place to ourselves. And the sax music starts playing again. And then the... And... Oh, well, we should... Hmm. And then they're hugging and Aaron just, like, waves a hand in front of the door control. And it, like, the camera moves past them and just onto the door closing. And that's the final shot of the episode. Yep. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, so that was... um, That was Meltdown. Yep. (laughs) That was... Honestly, that was a lot of fun, that episode. That was a fun episode. Yeah. It was a, definitely a monster of the week kind of thing. You know, we yeah, run across I, this problem. And I don't think there's anything that really advances any of these characters' plots. Well, Aside from the tiny reveal at the end. Yeah, with, with Stark. Yeah, like, it doesn't necessarily... It doesn't develop character. No, not really. Yeah. Um, it, could, it couldn't signify a bond between... Talon and uh, Stark, but we'd have mm. to see how that goes. Yeah, and I feel like the pilot's den that was introduced in this episode, I guess we'll see going forwards, but I feel like it's only going to get used this one time. Yeah, you know, That's also what I'm expecting. So, yes, they introduced this thing, but I don't think it's going to come back. I think it's just, you know, I think it was just one off. Yeah, one off. But, I mean, like we said before, we like all the character development stuff, that's always good, but that doesn't. You can have a good episode without that. It just Mm -hmm. has to be fun and engaging, which this episode is. It really was. And it's something of a bottle episode because they don't go to any planets. They just have... It's all inside Talon. I mean, they have those those new sets. Might as well use them. Well, actually, no, because the pilot's den is just Moya's pilot's den done up with different set dressing so that it looks different. Basically, they covered it over to make it look... And probably shot it a little differently to make it look a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I mostly mean all the talent sets they now have. Like oh, right. I mean, they've had those episode. for a few episodes now. Yeah, yeah but yeah. yeah they've, they've got a lot more uh, room to play in, in talent. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, God. Just the. Re- <laughs> I was cracking up whenever Aaron and Crichton would try yeah. and do something and then they just try and then they can't because they're too distracted. And then the. God, it was when the saxophone music started playing the first time. I was like, it's like <clears throat> okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Like I said, they really pile it on. Uh, they do. They don't give you... It's not subtle. It's just like, no. I think that's the reason it's funny, because it's like so, so... They put it on so thick. And they just add little bits. Like when they're trying to fix the thing, it's like, are you finished yet? I'm nearly finished. I'm nearly... I'm nearly... I'm nearly yeah, exactly. That's what <laughs> I mean. God damn. Jesus. Oh, it's... Anything but subtle. Yeah, it was really funny. So I... I would say I really, I really like this episode. I would, if we want to rate it, I it, it comes in at a four straight away very easily for me. Yeah, oh, yeah. I could think. have been a three, but I think it's a four. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think, if again, like, if we it just had to stand on the legs of just the plot, then yeah, we'd be talking about a three because the plot yeah. really is not super interesting, but it's the. It's what they do with the characters. They don't develop them, but they have fun with them. Yeah, I and agree. that's what makes it good for me. The uh, again, we're kind of in the spiritual side of the the basically the ghost woman and this guy who very much looks like he came from literal hell. Like mm-hmm. again, that's not subtle either. But I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. So I feel good giving it a four because it's it it unlike last week. <laughs> It like actively entertained. Was, entertained, yeah. It, it held my attention, right? I wasn't yeah. like it didn't. The problem with last week's episode is with it felt like we were waiting for something else to happen, right? Yeah, it was filling in time. Case, in this case, it's like, well, it might have been filling time, but they've decided to what? have a ton of fun with it while we're here. I, I, it's you don't notice it. It's not like it's it's actually just an episode. It's a fun episode of Farscape, which yep. is fine. You look at Incubator, and it's like, well, we're waiting for the next. We're waiting for the next, sh- the other shoe to drop, right? Yeah. You you're in a holding pattern, waiting for Scorpius to do a thing. You know, mm-hmm. it it was just not much actually happened. In this, it's like overall, it doesn't change anything in the overarching story, but the episode itself is fun and engaging. So yep. <laughs> that's okay. I'm I'm all right with that. So I would and- give it a four. And like I said, it does have a very clear theme, actually. Yeah. Well, what Attra- was? Attraction. M-I-A-A. Like Aaron and John, Talon and the son. Uh, uh-huh. There is a little bit between Stark and Shiesna. Yep, 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 yep. And also McQuillis towards Shiesna. Yeah, in a kind of creepy way. Yeah, but still attraction. Mm-hmm. It's like there's, it's quite a lot in there. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, hey. They used yeah. a lot of relationships in this episode I, I, based on that. I wonder if one... I, I'm almost now a little surprised the title of the episode wasn't something like, you know, Attraction or... That would have been... You know, something along that. Like, Meltdown is like we're flying into the sun. It also helps because several people are having a meltdown in this episode. Uh, it's true, I guess I guess so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, also, fun fact, uh, this episode was written by Matt Ford. And the, this is his uh, second script for Farscape, mm-hmm. uh, or script editor rather. And his first was uh, Eat Me. I okay. Well, that's yeah. a good start. Yeah, he's done some I pretty mean, good no, episodes. 
it's no eat me, but I'm completely it's okay not with as, this. I think so the reason I don't put it up to like a five or anything is because it doesn't have that big impact. It's just really fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And you have a little bits of teasers for future stuff with Stark and Grace, but and there's nothing that completely knocks me off my feet. It's like yeah, very, exactly. It's a very great episode. It's not an amazing episode. I think I just have to give it m- more marks because it was just so funny. With yes, Aaron Brighton. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Is if we're comparing it to last week, it uses its time very well. Yep. And there's no parts where it feels dead or feels you know slow or bogged down it just all goes through it very quickly and you have a feeling like i know why this episode is here and what it's trying to do and i like what it's doing and yeah i think incubator had that less yeah and that was the end was like why why is any of this happening what's what's up with this yeah so yeah all right there we go meltdown fun episode and okay and again like we've had some more episodes to decide but well not decide but to compare but Moya stories are not doing so well in the re- in Talon the- is pulling ahead. Yeah, Talon is whoever they've got right, you know, working on these are just generally doing a better job than who's working on Moya, which is a shame because you know you want both of them to be a good set of stories, but I feel like that mm-hmm. that hasn't happened yet. Well, maybe they can catch up next yeah, week. Yeah, maybe they will. So let's uh, see what's up next week. It's episode called Scratch and Sniff, and okay. <laughs> All right, here's a short synopsis. The crew of Moya takes him shore leave in a nightclub where a potent recreational drug is popular. When Jewel and Chiana disappear, Crichton and Dargo have to make a plan to rescue them. Okay. So it sounds like uh, uh, it sounds like they're going to stop doing what they've been doing the past couple episodes, which is just flying around in space looking for wormholes. Well, they're they actually, actually going to take some shore leave. Did, I was going to say, they did say they were going to take some shore leave, so apparently that's exactly what they're going to do. Yeah, they're going to go clubbing. Hey. Hey. So that has the potential to be fun. We will see uh, how that goes next week with mm-hmm. uh, Scratch and Sniff. But uh, yeah, so thanks for joining us for this week's episode. This we had we had a lot of fun with this actually. Yeah, yeah. not just not just watching it, recording it because God, it was so it was very silly in places. <laughs> All right, and uh, yeah, we hope you'll join us again next week. But until then, you can find us around the web on Twitter at Hats and at RedNightmare7. And go to uk for previous episodes and links to iTunes and any other projects that I'm doing or taking part in, which is supported by the Cartwell Hats Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Hats to support this podcast and other things. And if you find us on iTunes, we would appreciate, you know, reviews and ratings and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> rate, like, subscribe. Right, rate, work. comment, subscribe, like. <laughs> you know the drill. Uh, you know you know how it is. Anyway, we'll... And, and you know how uncomfortable we are about that. <laughs> no, but we do appreciate all that stuff, so that would be, that'd be cool. Anyway, we'll see you next time, and thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good week. Goodbye! Oh, is it me or is it getting a little steamy in here? Oh. <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, I'm feeling a little hot under the collar. Or, uh... Oh, oh no, hats, no, please. No, I'm, I'm actually on fire. There's smoke coming out of me right now. Oh, okay, my okay, oh God, please okay, help. Okay, okay, we get it, you vape. No, God, actually, call the fire brigade. Help me. <sighs> Whatever.